0: It's
2: time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the negative insurgency Fire me up, man! Fire me up! Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Yeah, you know, Morgan and I were talking the other day uh, about Ramadi, man. I, there was, we got into this little, we got into a tick where it was it was bad. It's where Elliot got hit. I mean it was mm-hmm. a, a good one man. Hilly got his his legs cut off at the Achilles. I mean that was just the only thing hanging him on and then mm-hmm. and then Elliot man he he lost his leg. He had all kinds of stuff going on. And both those guys uh Hilly man he runs faster than he did before he got injured. He was a jet. Sure. And then Elliot sure. he's he's up moving around. He has that prosthetic leg and uh mm-hmm. just you know, those guys, man, you see them get hit. Goddamn, man, that was such a terrible, that was a hard day, man. And it truly is inspirational just to walk around with those guys, the ones that have been hit harder than other team guys. We all get hit. Right. We all have to go through the same stuff. But then, man, it's when, when our when our boys get hit and are suffering, we all are collective. We surround them and, and motivate them, yell at them. You know, the best thing we did for Elliot was get him into the gym and just kind of talk to him like a team guy. Yep.
1: Yeah, you treat a man like they're broken, they're going to act broken. You treat them like they're whole, they're going to act whole.
2: Team guys are the worst at that. You know, if, the, if
3: the mood is, worse, you
2: know, we're, we're this way right now. All of us will fall
3: into that. Well, sometimes it can be yeah. hard to look at the remaining consequences of what could potentially happen to you. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh, man, you try. That's well, one That's aspect. the, you don't that's ever the think negative. About. Yeah, man. That's a negative. But yeah. then on the positive side of that, they also turn into... Because they're not going to quit and they come back and some of them are still doing <clears throat> as good or better of a job. Well, that's what, or they've moved on to something you know, else and they're and, successful and they become now like an inspiration that shows you or gives you an example to compare yourself to that says that when when you're you know feeling like bitching out or something like that, you say, God, what the hell's the matter with me? Well, that's
2: the kind of thing when I went back after I got out of the hospital and dropped back in, I why wouldn't I go back? You know, firefighters make a bad fire. They go back. That's what we are, man. We're, you know, we're gunfighters. That's, we, home. We go, we, that, we,
1: that's home for us. You that, That's going home is going back to where we are at the highest versions of ourselves.
2: Well, the guys before mm-hmm. us went back. I mean, team guys, they get busted up. That's a right. I mean, that's an an honor thing, right? With team guys, how tough, you know, and it shows the guys coming up underneath this man, you're going to get hit and your ass is going to go back because our country demands that of us. I mean, that's sat in my head big time. And my, especially with my teammates, mm. and every team guy thinks like, oh, I need to be there for my brothers. And you, you, you know, when you throw that idea on the table and walk out the gate, and it's it just behind you, and you're like, Hey, I left my wallet. Maybe they
3: don't need me that bad. <laughs> yeah. You know that You turned in of hey, hey. You're, you're waiting for somebody to show up to open the door yeah, for yeah. you. Morgan
2: shows up. He's like, Can I help you? I was like, Man, I left my wallet, man, And he goes, Man, I never seen you before in my life. I know you, man. This is a secure area. You got a badge? No, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't have no damn badge. but it just, and another thing about our guests today, the reason I was talking about that, man, it it goes, it it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be in the seal teams one to get hit and two to, to push forward. (laughs) I mean, it happens across (laughs) the board. Obviously, you know, you look at what we do for a living. You can absolutely look to that for injuries as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of a, a walking medical diagram of injuries and, and, um, overcoming injuries. And what our guest shows, man, is it, it goes across the board. Man, woman, child, it doesn't matter who, who you are, man. Sometimes, you know, you can get hurt in what you do. Something can get a hold of you that you're not expecting. And the only thing that separates that is is your mental drive. That's what separates us, right. is, our, is our mental drive. I mean, the injuries, yeah, you kind of... that's the most critical. Yeah, they some people get hurt, and they're like, ah, I'm only, at, Doc says i only at 40%. That's what you're going to get out of me. No, no, man, you're 100% now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right there? What's your new 100 look like? You got to is redefine what you're going do. What's your new hundred? And what I love about this upcoming guest is, you know, it it, it, is when you get out of the special operations community, there's a few things you say you're probably never going to do again. One, you're never going to get in the cold water again. You're never going to run again. All this other stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. She's so motivational, man. She makes you want to get out in the woods and give out, you know, because we spent a lot of miles on goat trails and all that other stuff. Right. But we were on patrol. There's a difference between patrolling and hiking, (laughs) you know, patrolling you're not there to see the views and all that other stuff. And when we do it as there's a lot of the world we haven't seen in daylight. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. her story of just hiking and drinking the world in, uh, is, is amazing.
2: Absolutely. She went to an environment that can literally cause our injuries that, well, not that she has now, but she has a disease. The lupus is what affected her. But let's think about that, man. She's on those trails and walking the injuries that she could sustain, uh, while well, rather anybody can, Right. But she got it. She got it. And then went in there and and hit it. So that's
3: absolutely. Let's let's do a little let's 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 do an an overall arc to give an idea of what Stacy's about. So her biggest challenge here is uh, she was diagnosed with lupus uh, when she was 19 years old. Now, lupus has a bunch of different forms. Uh, I'm just going to take this right off a definition is the name given to a collection of autoimmune diseases in which the human immune system becomes hyperactive and attacks healthy tissue. Symptoms of these diseases can affect many different body systems, including joints, skin, kidneys, blood, heart, lungs, basically the whole enchilada. And for in her case, it attacked her spinal cord, which led to progressively worse uh, paralysis through her body to eventually she was uh, diagnosed as a paraplegic. Is she a quadri- I'm sorry, a quadriplegic, right. She was diagnosed as a quadriplegic. That's the
2: craziest thing about autoimmunes, man, when they get into the spine, because the spine is connected to everything, just resonates through there, and you know, Morgan's smarter about this than I
3: am, but, ah, dang. But just um, how frightening that would be, uh, because apparently these things come in flare-ups, so she would have a flare-up, her body would be attacked, she would be in the hospital for extended periods of time, and she would come back she would be worse. Obviously uh, she would have lost mobility following that. She would have had to battle to recover some of that mobility, become uh, healthy again, never quite the same. So, yeah. Subsequently less than what she wasn't. Yes. Never quite the same despite all that effort and then get hit with another, another flare up, which would then again, pull her right, pull her further down that road um, uh, in paralysis.
2: God dang, Damn. man! I, if, if you get something inside of you that affects you and systemic, right? I mean, just kind of floats through you. She has that flare up, and the fact that it can't be identified uh, or it's different in every person. Oh. She works her butt off to get back mobility less than what she had, and she's moving out. Hit, gets hit again, goes back down. The drive that you have to keep doing that because you don't know. I mean, it's literally, it's debilitating.
3: Can't imagine how frustrating. <laughs>
2: best way to say like just
1: frustrating
3: it. what huh? the, you know what this the hell is, is affecting me
1: well she's doing harder things with less by design she's like all right you're gonna take a percentage of performance away from me great i'm gonna do something harder and so like that new 100 like she is constantly changing that hey i'm gonna do a harder thing with mm-hmm. less every time you're gonna take mm-hmm. some more away from me. great i'm gonna go climb a higher mountain.
2: the weaker her body gets the stronger her mind gets right so that's mm-hmm. that's
1: yeah you know are trying to reconcile that with who we're about to get to visit with and, and and to make it even more ridiculously awesome she's calling us from the trail like she's not she's not calling us
2: from uh, Starbucks.
1: she's not calling us from the spa like she's probably she's she's probably on top of some <laughs> boulder with a you know with a rain fly over her uh, right. you know, pointed northeast on an asm so she can find the one four bar cell signal i mean
3: yeah, we, we haven't even we haven't even we haven't finished basically the story. We've put her in, in this terrible situation, but what everyone needs to know and what originally brought her to our attention is that she has through hiked the Appalachian Trail. Two thousand one hundred eighty nine yeah. miles of hiking with the assistance of uh I don't know, these things look like something Tony Stark yeah, an Iron Man, might have Iron might Man have built. Suit. Um, but that's what originally brought her to our attention and is uh such an incredible accomplishment. Oh.
2: How many miles do we run when we graduate Buds? It's something. Clint, do you remember that? They had that outline how far oh, we man. swim? Yeah, it's from Florida to I, New I, York. It's 2,000-something you know, it, miles. It's six miles. miles every
1: day. To, it's six miles every day to turn, just
2: the chow. Chow, I think it's... For I mean, just, just to go eat. every day to chow over six months and all these other things. I, I think it's around 2,000-something, if I'm not mistaken, man. She, she def, she's already banged out how many miles we run in Buds, and she's not done. Yeah. As a quadriplegic.
1: And that's... That's incline decline too. That's that. That's not like straight line of the chow hall. That's going
2: up, going down. Yeah, I only bring that up because of how bad we are running.
3: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's not walking through the airport. She's not walking down the sidewalk. She's going up mountains, over boulders, crossing creeks, rivers, yeah, whatever.
2: Uh, let's get her on here, man. I got to hear this. Yeah.
3: All right. Clinton, you wanna kick this off?
1: Yes, I will initiate the mad minute and I'm excited about this one because she may or may not be able to tell us the truth. I don't know what the rules are on being on the Appalachian Trail. It's a question asked all of our guests, Sasquatch, yes or no? <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know. Uh, I've uh, seen some pretty big footprints out there. So yes, all I can yes.
1: say I'll take that as a yes. Move on. We don't need to explain any more. <laughs> Stacy says yes.
2: That's actually a big deal, Stacy. You, you, no yeah, you have no idea. you have no idea. You have no idea. I
1: think he had to deny it because it's classified. And uh, you know, the Philippines has a big a bigfoot too, but it looks like Chaka from Land of the Lost. It's much smaller. It's a smaller bigfoot. Yeah.
0: You know, actually, uh, when you spend a lot of time out on the trail and you don't get yourself, you can't get to a shower. Um, everyone kind of looks like that eventually. <laughs> I know. Absolutely.
2: Oh wow. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Someone like Clint fell down the hill and got muddy and <laughs> draped in.
3: Covered in leaves. Some kind of natural ghillie zoot. And that green <laughs> is, is him climbing back up the hill.
1: All right. All right. Yeah, that's how, I got, that's how I got away with things in Sear. Everyone was like, is that Lieutenant Bruce or is that a Sasquatch? We don't really want to chase it and
2: find out. The actual, the <laughs> yeah. original footage, the authentic footage of the, of the Sasquatch walking through that little hollow right there, that's actually Clint trying to escape from Sear school. And he looks over and sees his truck. All
1: right,
0: your, your question,
2: Mark. All right, uh, fa- favorite superhero.
0: favorite. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, everyone said it. I've been hearing lately that I have a Wonder Woman pose. Um, <laughs> I'm just uh, realizing this. Some pictures that have been out there. They say I have a Wonder Woman pose with my hands on my hips or something. But actually, the true uh, story behind that is I don't feel my legs, and my physical therapist actually kind of helped me figure this out. The reason I stand like that is just because it helps me with my balance, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. So, I don't know, maybe I should go with Wonder Woman since everyone keeps saying that, but Spider-Man sounds pretty awesome. I really need Spider Man.
3: Well, now that's Marcus's favorite, and from here forward, you can do no wrong in his book, I promise you. Spider Man, oh, wait, I'm still trying
0: to. Uh, I was going to say, people think that you're hiking down this nice dirt path on the Appalachian Trail, but there's these house like boulders. I think Spider Man's powers could come in handy for the climbing. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I would say the Wonder Woman has a Stacy pose. That's funny. Wonder (laughs) Woman didn't do the Appalachian Trail. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
3: That's a true <laughs> statement.
1: Blizzard, your question.
3: All right, um, Stacy, give us one bucket list item you are yet to accomplish.
0: Um, I think right now I'm hoping that the big guy upstairs gives me enough strength to get through some a couple more uh, long-distance trail trails. I want to finish this Pacific Crest Trail that I'm on now and then do the CDT Continental Divide nice. after that. Awesome.
3: You're actually on the trail right now, is it? Yeah. Is oh, yeah. True?
0: Yeah, yeah. I still have, like, 2,500
3: more miles to go. Just around the corner?
0: (laughs) I'm trying not to look that far ahead.
2: Just go to the tree in front of you.
1: (laughs) Marcus and I want to find a way to come out where you are, and and, at least I do. I want to get on the trail with you just for a little while, just ideally something like really flat or downhill. I'm really good at downhill. (laughs) Uphill...
0: Yeah, the, the yeah. some of the downhills you can't underestimate those so. I uh-huh. do those on my butt sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I have an incredible ability to fall down mountains.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was
1: wondering you I was wondering if you're gonna jump in on that one, Marcus.
0: <laughs> hey, all that matters is you get back up.
1: Right, right. Right. <laughs> favorite K through twelve teacher. Kindergarten through 12th grade. favorite teacher that motivated and inspired him to do the best.
0: <sighs> um, there a teacher. Her name is Mrs. Cleary, and she uh, uh, kind of inspired me to uh, like the outdoors. Uh, I remember uh, her showing pictures of you know, I don't know, mountains and different rocks and different things like that. And I thought that was always pretty cool. I, I might have been a a science geek back then too. No one knew it. Who <laughs> knew? <laughs> <laughs> if she could see you now. Right. Yeah, she probably doesn't remember me. I was pretty quiet.
2: <laughs> Those are the ones they remember. Like that's my quiet one, the good one. Was <laughs> sure. there. I to
3: deal with mm. people like me.
2: <laughs> All right,
3: Beatles, Rolling Stones, or Led Zeppelin? Stay
0: mm, I'd go with
2: Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. <laughs> nice. All right. Excellent. Favorite movie character you like to play out in real life? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
1: LinkedIn jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at LinkedIn.com slash spoken. That's LinkedIn.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Uh, That's another tough one. Um, Geez, I know since I started the trail, everyone has been, uh, there's been a lot of hikers telling me that they're going to. Do a movie about me one day, an inspiring movie one day, and all I can think of is when they—if someone follows me around on the trail, it's not going to be inspiring. It's going to be a comedy, and people are going to wonder who the heck let me on the trail. <laughs> so let me
1: let me spin the question a little bit. Who do you want to play you in the upcoming <laughs> awesome movie about you?
2: Nice redirect. That's why we from on the there.
1: side, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's actually funny. There, there's been a lot of uh, that's. Seems to be a popular question on the Appalachian Trail. And it's funny, the two people kept being uh, named in different crowds. The same two people were Sandra Bullock and uh, I, oh, I can't think, of her. I'm going blank on her name right now. And she plays in a movie with LeBron James. Yeah. Oh, oh, Amy oh. Schumer. It's Schumer. Schumer. Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she those is, are the two that keep boy, coming up.
2: Let me tell you something. That that's a that's actually a hard question. When I remember when I when they were when they were going to film loan that that came out that when they were picking the characters, you know everybody has their movies they like to watch. You have your favorite actors and whatnot. But when it comes time to say, hey, who would you get to play you? That's a hard question. When it got sent to me, yeah. I, I just left that up to Pete. I'm like, man, you're the pro at this. So when they picked yeah, right. Wahlberg, I was like, hmm. you know, great, perfect. Uh, with the rest of them i had you know with taylor and ben ben foster he mm-hmm. for axe i had him picked a long long time ago as soon as they, the concept was kind of coming around i was like you need to get this joker to play axe so yeah i know you're a, you're a big fan of him as an actor yeah
3: great guy man i love yeah, him to comes do. up a lot that's awesome you know what i think that was a good Is
2: that good. all you right yeah we gonna wrap that uh, up let's let's okay, take it that's yeah, man, I was
0: sweating over here <laughs> a hot seat, a little hot. Right.
2: <laughs> Well, that means that just means you're primed up and ready to go. So, what we do is we finish up the Mad Minute. Great job! Like I said, it's a little unorthodox, but it's a, it's a lot of fun, and it kind of gets you ready for um, basically why we bring you on here is just to connect you with our listeners and the motivation and kind of the the step by steps that you had. So, if if you don't mind, if you could just kind of get into your greatest never quit story.
0: All right. Um, I feel like my story is a little bit of a, a long story, but I guess I would. When I was diagnosed uh, with lupus, when I was, I was diagnosed when I was around 19 years old, but really? I had it probably many years before it was actually diagnosed. Um, lupus is, it's an autoimmune disease yeah. and they say that it doesn't, if it affects, uh, there's no two people with the same exact symptoms that have lupus. So I think that probably mm-hmm. uh, makes it tough to diagnose. Um, and a lot of people are diagnosed with something else before they're actually confirmed to have lupus but for me and it affects everyone, so it affects everyone different and it's basically your body attacks itself um so people can look completely healthy on the outside and uh like inside your body's like attacking itself um so for me it, it really zones in on my spinal cord lungs uh abdomen wow i feel like uh Actually, my birthday is on Groundhog Day. and My life kind of felt like Groundhog Day. Is <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if that's the guy upstairs, like his joke uh, <laughs> or what, but I'd end up in the hospital um, losing mobility really quick, and I couldn't breathe. Um, and doctors tried to figure out what was going on and um, try to stop whatever was going on. And I just remember laying in the hospital... Uh, a little bit, you know, I was very athletic. I, I couldn't sit still for nothing. In, in church on Sunday, I remember my mom putting her hand on my knee, like trying to get my knee to quit bouncing because I was always on, I just couldn't sit still. And I went from that to laying in the hospital and not being able to move at all. And, but it's a, the first time this has happened more than once. So the first time it happened, I was pretty optimistic, like, you know, I'm going to walk again, and uh, I'm going to get on my feet. I'm just going to go right back to living life. Mm-hmm. And I remember the second time it, it, this happened, I went into the hospital. Actually, I think I went by ambulance, and I woke up in the hospital. And then I remember my mom looking, over, looking down at me, and I didn't want to tell her that I couldn't move my legs. And I couldn't believe oh. that I just learned how to walk, you know, again, and this is happening again and why is this, you know, happening, and I was kind of thinking, you know, I had these, my faith is really important to me, so uh, I remember thinking, you know, what did I not learn from the first time this happened, <laughs> because this doesn't happen to someone twice, you know, your right. mobility again, and so i just been searching every time, and this happened probably four or five times until I finally lost my legs permanently now I won't be able to regain my uh my legs back uh but this last time I guess backing up a little bit uh March of 2014 was my worst flare-up where I walked into the hospital um and then within a few days I couldn't even lift up my head I couldn't all that was moving was my left arm and I couldn't control it it just kind of flopped around um So I could kind of use it, Uh, but it was very frustrating. It took two or three people to fight with my body to get it into a sitting position or transfer me anywhere. And I lost full independence and uh, it was frustrating. And I remember thinking, I just want to be outside. I want to be outdoors. Um, And this time, because it happened so many times, it is a little bit more like... I can I come back from, you know, Uh this, this time? I remember thinking, and, um, so I walked into the hospital and then I needed a power wheelchair when I left, uh, left the hospital. And I was actually in school, which has been kind of that groundhog day thing is Uh every time I have a flare up, I lose mobility. I either, um, have to, I lose a job or school, because I was in rehab trying to learn how to walk again. That would take a long time. And then I would have another flare-up. And then I would get back to working, and uh, I'd jump right back into life. And then I would end up flat, you know, back in the hospital uh, with this flare-up. And then same thing. It just kept happening over and over, it seemed like. And then this last time, and then I would change my course and think, okay, God, You don't want me to do this. Maybe I'll try this. And I would kind of just keep changing, changing the plan, but still going at it full force. I felt like, um, and then this last time, and I would never tell anyone that I had lupus. So when I came out of the hospital, uh, even my, like my friends, I would just come out with the old, everyone knows me as saying, I'm fine. I just need to toughen up. No big deal. You know, those are my like go-to things. Everyone knew something major was happening, but they would see me. I learned you put a smile on your face and you know, everyone stops asking questions and sure. you can wow. just get back to living life.
3: Basically, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to ask sure. right here because I'm sure you're going to move into um, the story about the, uh, the Appalachian trail. But at this point, I mean, you're already suffering all these setbacks. Um, how mentally, you know, how are you dealing with this mentally? You know, what's your frame of mind?
0: Uh, in the, the first time, I was very, very positive. Uh, like, I didn't even let it. Like, I just kept going. I tried not to think about it. I just, uh, I was going to walk again. I had no doubt I was going to walk again. Uh, this The last time in 2014, I was a little bit more depressed, um, probably. But I still was optimistic. Mm. I still was Um, it wasn't, I wasn't as, uh, optimistic as the first time it it felt a little bit different. And just because I was kind of looking for what am I supposed to be doing with this the last time even more, um, because I was actually back in school again. And it was, this happened eight weeks before my graduation and I couldn't finish, finish my clinical time because I had to spend time in the hospital with patients And I couldn't walk. I couldn't do that from a power wheelchair. And it was like just eight weeks Mm -hmm. away. And I was watching um, my friends, you know, all graduate. And I wasn't sure where my future was going. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember sitting when I finally got out of the hospital, uh, sitting on my couch at home, again, thinking, okay, what is he he trying to teach me? If he's trying to teach me something, I need a big neon sign to drop on my head. (laughs) cliff
1: cliff notes please cliff notes please
0: yeah keeps trying to teach me something i'm totally missing it and uh and and when i started out life, what i wanted to do my dream was i I wanted to become a doctor and i wanted to work with doctors without borders and uh so i kept thinking you know i want to help people but i can't do that from the hospital and uh and then you know this the last time when it was eight weeks before graduation, I was like, all right, I don't know what you want. <laughs> but then uh, I, start, I don't know. I just had this feeling I was sitting on the couch so- and I thought, well, maybe I'm just going at this wrong. Instead of forcing my plan on, you know, changing things, I just kind of thought, well, maybe I am supposed to be telling my story instead of hiding my story. Uh- maybe the
1: struggling is- out loud is the story.
0: Yeah, like maybe if I, you know, open up and instead of hiding everything and, you know, maybe there's someone out there, you know, that won't do, make the same mistakes or whatever, you know, maybe I can help other people, so.
3: And give purpose, give some purpose to the suffering.
1: Yeah. I want, I really want to pivot on to the Appalachian Trail. How important is humor to you? Is humor something, one of the things I love? and Marcus now talk about this a lot. We talk about making it through hell week and all these other things is humor is a survivor's best friend. I mean, humor is the <laughs> wingman of all survivors and you laugh so easily and you have this really light musical laugh. that has been so fun to hear how big a part is humor and, and you know, humor uh, at yourself and then humor at other things.
0: Humor is, uh, the, it's a huge part. Um, it's the way I, 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 gotten through a lot of bad things probably <laughs> oh it's, if i'm not laughing i would probably be crying so i i pick mm-hmm. laughing i guess mm-hmm. um but I, and then when i'm probably in the hospital and when my friends walk in or my family and they have these sad you know faces i humor just it's all i know how to uh fix so that. <laughs> you know tell a lot of jokes you know it, it calms calms things down it helps you uh, I think it helps me keep going. Sure. You know, uh, I know like when uh, I, and I try to look natural as possible too. And people see me like, I'll use my hands to cross my legs or put my hands in my pocket. So I would look natural.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we talk about, we, yeah, we do talk about that a lot. And, and you'll have all these shrinks and psychologists and everybody tries to find out why guys can make it through seal training. You know, yeah. Yeah. A, um, a strict mother, whatever it is. And yeah. a lot of times yeah. we talk about it, man. It's our sense of humor, guy. You have to have a sense of humor that can roll into the into the funny stuff and exactly. laugh about it, and into the dark stuff and laugh about it. And if you don't have that ability, exactly, then, uh, everything exactly. is, is exactly. twice that, as hard.
0: Definitely helps me get through things.
3: Stacy, if uh, we'd love to hear about how you discovered the legs, how you decided that this was uh, hiking the trail was going to be right. You know your your next mission. Um,
1: yeah, when did that become an idea and a thing and
0: a goal? Uh, uh, I just uh, didn't really want lupus controlling my life, I guess. It was one way. Um, you know, I, I love the outdoors. I think another thing that's helped me is playing sports uh, growing mm-hmm. up. I played every sport. I was very athletic, and of uh, the training I put into sports because I would – I would come home and my friends would think I had a good game, but I'd see where I yeah. could improve. Um, and then I'd come home after a game and be practicing something that I thought I could improve on. And now I've taken that from that to learning how to walk and try to find ways to walk through the tougher terrain on the Appalachian trail or whatever. Um, so I've, I think that that's actually helped me. And just – You know, laying in the hospital and so many times of, I just don't, I want to know that the next flare up that I have, um, and it seems like, you know, it's inevitable, it keeps happening. And if I don't regain my, uh, arm strength back and I'm not able to balance on braces next time, or, you know, lupus could take my life, um, or whatever, I don't want to be laying in the hospital knowing that I didn't give everything I have every day to live in life. So right now, God's mm-hmm. giving me back somewhat of my arms. They're not the same. Um, people don't notice my arms are still affected. and, uh, and But, you know, I, I'm getting along. Uh, I'm able to get up and down mountains right now, and I'm just trying to enjoy life, and I don't want Lucas to stop me. So I, I just want to make sure I'm living Cool as i can so the next time i don't have any
1: regrets when did the appalachian trail become a way to to live that out
0: i've always kind of wanted to do the appalachian trail but i more was thinking i would do it in sections and then um because i keep having these mm-hmm. flare-ups i thought it was now or never i need to do it all now as a through hike or who knows when another flare-up's gonna come um so i just Uh, it it was kind of actually that moment when I kind of mentioned sitting on the couch, asking God, like, you know, what am I missing here and, and telling my story. Um, And then I just decided to, you know, go out outdoors. I was wearing new braces uh, at the time. I wanted to uh, show insurance companies that it's worth paying uh, for the new technology. Uh, That was one of my goals in the beginning. Um, and then people started reaching out to me really quick, and uh, and telling me their story and their struggle. Um, and then it became more about um, everyone that was supporting me, uh, and they helped me uh, push along on that and trail when uh, the trail was uh, kicking my butt. <laughs> but-
3: now these these braces you have are these are pretty these are pretty high speed, right? These are not your everyday. I, I believe I read their... <laughs> Seventy-five grand a pop. Uh, I don't think you're picking it up at Academy. Is that where no, you're going with that? Yeah, that, oh, that exactly. Yeah, that was exactly. They're not, like a, they're not at
1: Oshman. No, they're not at yeah. Sports They're pretty
3: amazing. Can you can you just briefly give us an idea of how how they function so people can understand? Tell us about Tony Zuko Stark, Stark and, and how it was to meet Iron Man to get those legs. <laughs> <laughs> how did you convince Tony Stark to yeah. build those for you? Because I've got some things I'd like him to build me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the braces I wore um in the beginning in the trail they uh they um there's no motor in them a lot of people think that there's a motor and they're actually walking for you but that right. um but really what it is is it's it's more basic than it looks um they they allow me to be able to bend my knee when I'm walking, but I'm still walking using my upper body my arms and my uh, like hips to make them work. So my Mm -hmm. body, my upper body has to make the bottom of my foot hit the ground in a certain way. Um, Mm -hmm. And then depending on how it's hitting the ground. So if I'm just standing straight with my feet flat, um, it tells the computer, that big box on the side that my knees need to be um, locked. So I don't collapse. And then I use my upper body to uh, basically balance in that way, or my arms hanging onto something. And then when I'm walking, my orthotist explains it. Well, he says, uh, everyone, um, able-bodied people, when you're walking, you're actually falling forward and your leg catches you. So I'm actually doing this thing. Your leg just automatically goes out, but when it strikes the heel, it locks my knee. Um, it, There's sensors on the bottom that say I need it locked, and then I use my upper body and my momentum to carry it over. And then when it hits all the way to the toe, it releases the tension at the knee, so it bends. um, And then I use my hip and my upper body again to pull through um, my leg, and it just—it's a cycle of um, using my upper body. Uh,
1: You're 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 setting the standard. You're setting pace. What's been the what's been a moment along the trail, not the moment, but a moment. Um, I mean, your whole life is this never quit story, but can you think of a specific moment on the trail, maybe in the early days where you literally had to muster everything that you've learned along the way to not quit yet? Can you tell us in the listener's story, the trail?
0: Yeah, there's actually uh, several spots probably on the trail. Uh, In the beginning, I had to learn, like my mom would tell me before I started. Start of the trail that I haven't my brain hasn't realized that I'm paralyzed yet and I would just kind of roll my eyes at her like what are you talking about but when I actually first got to the trail I was like oh this must be what she's talking about like I'm using <laughs> the same pack that I used when my legs were working I filled it with the same things and then I realized real quick that my leg's not working um you really do use your legs a lot to carry that pack so uh, uh so, there was the beginning part I, I was learn I was just still learning how to walk and and then I threw that pack on and I felt like uh, I thought my trail name was gonna be a trail ostrich or something because my head just like plugs down every time I put my pack on. Uh, but uh, so there is the beginning part of just uh, trying to figure it all out um, it, it, learning things and figuring out what I need in my pack, what I could do without. And then, but really, Mount Katahdin. um, I I failed at that uh, mountain a few times, um, and on my final attempt, uh, I was sitting on top of the mountain. Um, It was started out beautiful weather, but I was really slow, and it's like it's boulders that are like straight up Mm -hmm. this mountain, Uh, and Mm -hmm. uh, I was sitting there. And then it started pouring rain. Um, the winds were crazy. It was freezing temperatures. It was uh, The rain turned into ice pellets that were just blowing in every direction. And the wind was knocking me down. And it was wow. the last part of the trail. Um, and I've, I've already failed three times, so I had to make it to the top. And I just kept thinking of, you know, all the time, you know, I think lupus and everything all in my life kind of prepared me for uh, that moment of continuing on uh, that hike because I think my mind and my body definitely quit a hundred times. And then thinking of all the people that were supporting me along the entire hike and uh, didn't want to let anyone down and I just knew I had to reach the top of that, Mm -hmm. of Mount Totten. And the funny thing is, is one year earlier, I was hiking with a friend uh, just to check things out on the Appalachian Trail. And I was using my locking braces, the basic ones. And we didn't make it to the top that time. But I remember when I came down, I told her, I'm like, I'm going to hike the whole entire Appalachian Trail, even if I have to crawl to that sign I'm taught in. And uh, I was literally crawling to the top. Um, I was like the wind knocking me over. And mm. being at the top, and I was just remember kind of leaning my head up against that sign and kind of thinking about what I said a year ago. And I'm like, I was really kidding, God. You're like, yeah. you can't <laughs> be me literally about this crawling to the top. But, uh, and you, and you what you kind of want of sometimes.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I tell you what, I just listening to you talk, it's one of those deals where a lot of people, when they get an affliction, they get a disease or something like that, it, it, it attacks you on the inside, and normally when, when we, we train ourselves to deal with a problem, because we can see it, right, it's right in front of us, and we know how to, to handle that, and when you when you, mm-hmm. when you get something on the inside, you can't see it, but you can feel it, it's, it's kind of difficult for your body uh, to uh, register, it's kind of like a hitchhiker, yeah, I mean, you pick that up, Yeah. and the, the beautiful <laughs> thing about it, man, you're out there on that trail, you're jocked up in your, in your kit, man, and you're taking... <laughs> kind of like the doctor's prescription for lupus is go kick its ass on that trail it's one of those things that lupus gets inside of you and it has its purpose it's no it knows why it's there i'm here to take your legs and your lungs right and and the fact that you get up and go out and do something against what that disease is supposed to do to you i mean in in your mind and in my mind when something like that happens, that's me fighting that thing pushing it back it has no idea what it's dealing with here i mean you're not going against it the trail you're walking against that that lupus as well, right? That's that energy that's pushing you. Even though it's kind of breaking you down, and every step is just a step, you know, forward down that trail and, f- and kind of forward in life, man. You don't let it control you. That's how how you beat it. That's how yeah. you acknowledge it, right? Because you can feel it while you're out there. And yeah. Now I know it's here. And yeah, man, yeah. crawl see, in do it's it. Like
1: tra- it's like a trail is your arena, and it's you going against lupus every day and beating the dog stuff out of it every day. And that's what that's what that's what the
2: fight is. I mean, you're a perfect example of a person who can live through lupus. I, is, I would imagine there's quite a few people who suffer from it, and they're not out climbing trails. That's the that's the that's something you can do, right? This is how far you can push yourself with this this ailment. Mm-hmm. I just hope
0: that you know this. The thing that um, when I was laying in the hospital this last, you know, in 2014 and. Losing mobility, and not being able to breathe, and thinking I wasn't going to graduate—you know—after several attempts at changing my even my educational plan, and and I actually did graduate. Um, I did get up on my feet and finish out my clinicals, and um, and hiking that Appalachian Trail. I just hope that when people hear my story, that you know, no matter how hard things look, um, you know, we just have to keep going because we don't know what the future holds if we keep going and you could, uh, I feel like I could have quit then and things would have gotten worse. But um, I think if you just keep going and keep fighting and we just never know, you know, the possibilities that might happen if, if we give up to that's, Uh, What I
1: always say, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, kind of, you have this ridgeline life where you don't know what's on the other side until you get to the top of the ridgeline, and that's just this always image I have is next ridgeline, next ridgeline, and and, and, and the thing about ridgelines is is it's not really comfortable. You don't want to build a house up there. You're getting all the best and all the worst of everything, but you can see what's next. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. Hey, so how's it been on the trail? Have you found people coming out to see you, coming out to walk with you, or have you found people, like, adjusting their daily life to come... So you're doing amazing things and has that been a lot of fun
0: um yeah it's been the best part of the trail actually uh people always think it's the views uh, which they're pretty awesome but it's really about the people um the hiking community is just amazing um no matter where you come from your your you know your your abilities your perspective on life nothing matters when you're on the trail everyone just uh it's a family out there and we call it, it's a trail family and uh, everyone supports each other, pushes each other. It's a, it's amazing. It's a great, great community. I I love getting to know so many people. I think I've um, met some really good, um, lifelong friends uh, on the trail. It's been pretty amazing.
3: Nice. Stacy, I have a question. You said something a minute ago that really hit me. And I believe it was a comment from your mother saying that you haven't yet realized you're paralyzed. Now, I don't know if I necessarily understood the context of that, but it made me think about, um, I want to ask you, how did you adjust? I mean, because in some ways you would have been forced to accommodate your situation. Like you said, you had loaded your pack um, and you were getting ready for the trail and then you realized this isn't going to work for me. So you're going to have to make some adjustments. But what Mm -hmm. I want to know is, how did you, I I assume it would have been tempting to, okay, now that I... uh, am accepting, you know, uh, what's affecting me to continue all the way to completely buying into what typically would be associated with the limitations of being a quadriplegic, which are certainly not going out and hiking. How did you prevent yourself? You know, how did you balance that? How did you, how did you keep from, keep your motivation to, you know, excel beyond expectations, but at the same time, you know, realistically able to complete, you know, what you're going for.
0: Yeah. I think I've just always believed that anything is possible. Um, so I've always had that mentality of trying to just, I don't do things like everybody else and, uh, but I can find another way to make it happen. So I think, um, just from the first day in the hospital, I was trying to figure out a, you know, a creative way do anything, Um, even graduate at that time, it started, you know, different, different goals. But I think, um, like what I was saying about sports, I always try to figure out a way to get better at something. And um, that's the same thing with walking and trying to find creative ways to keep doing things that I love to do. So um, I just, I just, I guess I just kept trying to figure out another way to do it um
2: look yeah that's that's a perfect way to describe that because that the disease attacks people and attacks people differently and and the one thing that the doctors can't can't identify i mean once they figure out what you have they have they can't identify the the mental strength that you have right and that's what the disease can't anticipate either i mean when it drops into you it's like i come in here man everything i'm gonna do my thing and then it realizes uh oh you know i'm i you know the host i just picked up is yeah. may not well, be compatible wrong. for me I'm, yeah wrong so i mean you wrong. if you it doesn't affect your mental capacity i mean and that drive just to overcome each hurdle that it throws at you makes you stronger and and it also man makes the people around you stronger you don't think somebody walking down that trail seeing you uh, pushing yourself the way you are doesn't motivate them to go even further i mean you're wrong because it does i mean i I, you know, I hate climbing absolutely. hills and, and mountains. If I was walking through there and saw you, man, I'd absolutely pick my head up higher and my chest out oh, yeah. and keep going.
1: <laughs> Marcus, I was thinking, like, you need to find a way to bring her. She's not on the trail. You need to bring her out to Exos with you one time to fire up some of these athletes and, right, and, yeah. and motivate them to level. But, I mean, shoot, even just me. So, hey, so one encouragement and then one question that will hopefully trigger those three things you're going to share with us. So, one, it's got to make you feel good to know – that even with lupus, even what it's done with your legs, even with all this other stuff, you're still faster at running than Marcus and I. That's got it. <laughs> great just gotta great point. Probably you just still there. run faster than Marcus and I. And then uh, if... <laughs> that if, horrible? If, if someone, I know, it's so if, true. Here's, here's the situation <laughs> I want to put you in. Say, you know, you're walking a lap tra- Appalachian trail and there's a park and you're walking through it and a mom gets out with her three little girls and said, we heard about you. We don't want to hold you up, but if you could tell my daughter three things, my daughter's three things, what would those three things be? And, and, and just give us three things that
3: we can do today uh, to, 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 to hit our own ridgeline. Yeah, we'd love to hear that. Um,
0: just uh, uh, some things that I think my mom uh, helps me with is she never, uh, one thing I, I admire about her is she never uh, discouraged me. She always gives me her opinion. She always tells me if she doesn't like something. She's always honest with me. Um, But she never discourages me either. She's always supportive. And if I fall, she's there to uh, help me. She's there in the good and the bad. And uh, I think that um, what I would like ever little girls to, um, I I hope that they just keep knowing that they can do anything and just, keep believing in themselves and pushing themselves and challenging themselves. And I think we only know what we can do. Um, you can't listen to the outside Mm. noise of people Mm. that tell you you can't do something because of whatever reason, uh, you, you know what Mm -hmm. you can do. And if you believe you can do it, don't let anyone stop you. Um, that's, uh, I think the main thing I really like, uh, little girls to keep, keep fighting. Just keep fighting. Whatever you go through, just keep fighting for it.
1: (laughs) So keep fighting. It sounds like from your story, it sounds like the second one would be keep laughing. Keep laughing. Yeah,
0: enjoy life. Always enjoy life. Whatever it is out there, just enjoy life. But you know, we only as far as I know, we only get to do it once, so uh, enjoy it while we're here, you know.
2: Right. Find your trail, find your ridge line. I mean, and then and walk it. Just walk it. Don't run it. A lot of times when you start running, man, those guys who are you miss a lot. When you when you're moving slower you see more.
0: Yeah, actually mm. that that's one thing I had to uh being that competitive person that I am and always, you know, I, always mm-hmm. making myself better as an athlete. Um when I started the trail I had to know right off the bat that this isn't going to be pretty, I'm not going to be fast, but I'm going to finish this trail. that's what I kept telling myself. So I had to uh, not be proud, you know, like that athlete that I always was, you know, just uh, making everything look good, I guess, is I had to embrace the, well, um, the only way I'm getting over these boulders is on my butt. So, you know, like I sit down on the boulder and have to carry my legs with my arms and try to get over certain areas and, and when hikers are passing me up, um, you know, being okay with the fact that I'm really slow, <laughs> but... Uh, they're trying to
1: get past it so they stop feeling bad about themselves. If they're trying to get past it, they can stop feeling weak and start feeling strong again because you're... <laughs> <around> <laughs> every- yeah.
2: Man, we got to get out of here, man. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see what she was doing? Let's get out of here. I
1: was feeling good about myself until I saw a lady carrying her own legs. I mean, God oh, no. would- oh, my God. <laughs> if I had to wrap these three things together, it would be, you know... You know what you can do and keep believing that keep fighting for those goals that you put in front of yourself and keep laughing um yeah. because humor provides like rocket fuel that helps you do things that that uh it, i do believe humor is a fuel source and uh yeah humor is like that long energy it's, it stays with you a long time and, and it's the last thing anybody can take away from you if they can take it away at all and so was that is that a fair way to capture those three things
0: definitely definitely um, yeah, I'll be using hewer all the way, uh, all the way to my last breath.
1: I love <laughs> your laugh. You got this really infectious laugh at me, <laughs> me it works out
0: Well, whenever you guys want to come out to the trail, um, I've got another 2,500 miles. It's going to take me a while. Oh, so yeah.
3: Real, real quick, Stacy you've got a lot going on. We're, we're curious, you know, what's next? Obviously there's 2,500 miles that's in front of you. Um, How can people find can you? People can people follow you? Uh, can they find you? Um, I don't know. Do you have a Not blog, a stalking social media, anything either. like that, so they can follow your progress? Follow, follow you.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, everyone is uh, been reaching out through Facebook, and uh, that seems to be the way, the easiest way people can find mm-hmm. me, probably. But and uh, in, in if anyone sends me a message, I I don't always have um, service out here in the mountains. And it takes me a while sometimes, but I I plan on replying back to everybody, and I, I love hearing hearing from everyone. So if anyone wants to reach out through Facebook, that that'd be awesome. Oh
2: man, some, va- well, I some videos. You're about to get thousands. I of know. Probably. We're gonna we're gonna put this out, man, to <laughs> get people to video and, and send you some motivation. <laughs>
0: awesome, awesome. Thank you. Well,
3: fantastic.
1: Well, you you got you got 20, you got 2,500 miles, and we don't we don't we don't want to slow you down. We're so grateful for your time. We're so appreciative that you pulled off the trail long enough to visit with us. And I got to tell you, this is one of the this is one of the the sessions I want to make sure my daughter's listen to. Not just my daughters, but guys that are getting ready to go to buds, or guys that are getting ready to go in the NFL. I'm like, you need to listen to this because this lady's going to teach you how to aim high, and never forget, and find ways to laugh all the time.
0: Oh, thanks! It's a, I'm honored to uh, be talking with you guys. Thanks so much for reaching out.
2: Our pleasure.
1: And thanks for keeping Sasquatch alive. Thanks for that. That really, that really helped my. That made my day.
2: <laughs> yeah, good luck on the rest of your hike, and we'll we'll be following you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate All it. Right.
2: <laughs> Take care.
0: Bye.
1: if you wanted to talk about uh, positive, upbeat, never quit. Uh, person, I mean, that's hurt. That's that's just hurt.
2: Man, I love doing this show, right? I mean, yeah, every I, time we have somebody come on here, man, you think uh, after all the stuff that the collective we've been through and seen and we share with each other and we always do, that's kind of the beauty about it, being in the teams, never ceases to amaze me. Every person we bring on here, throw something out or or, or tell us something, they're like, man, I, dang, dude, it's just that motivation from every person is unique. Mm-hmm. You know what I just yeah. kind of gives you a perspective you don't ever think of. We get, we get to do that all the time, man. Thank thank y'all out there for letting us do yeah, that.
1: Even if it's not even if it's not new, even if they're telling you something you heard from somebody else, you know, 20 hot achievers saying the same thing, I mean you you probably have to listen. You probably have to listen when these people keep saying the same thing over and over again. You yeah, uh, yeah, I believe that it works. So like yeah. the power of humor, man. The, the power of humor. Hell week is one of the funniest things ever when you stop thinking about yourself. I mean, when you can stop I remember it was like doing around the world and the guys are like, sure, we got to keep running. I'm like, why? And they're like, cause there's a dragon chasing us.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. like,
1: what? They're like, yeah, there's a dragon
0: chasing right. us. I'm
3: like,
1: you know what? I don't, I'd love to see a dragon right now. I didn't hallucinate at all. I would love to see a dragon right now. All I know is I'm tired and it's cold and I don't see a dragon at all.
2: Yeah. The hallucinations on Thursday <laughs> th- are epic. I didn't either. Really? I had, yeah, I, I spent yeah. so much I was, time. I was I had,
1: robbed. I was, I was robbed. Yeah.
2: I was trying to get into that MRE out uh, the Four Fingers of Death back in the day. I don't think they have those anymore, man. We were parked up behind Big all wrappers, the... Man. Yeah, behind the ships. We had paddled in there to hide. We thought we could hide. Like, mm-hmm. they can't see us in here. <laughs> How'd that go for you? Oh, God, well, Did man, you actually they think they weren't watching? Boy Scout landing. Oh, yeah, they did. They, and they were Negative. like, hey, dump boat. So we, we took our chem lights and went... <laughs> <laughs> And then, You're so loopy at
3: that point. Oh though. And then one that of the guys was trying to. Uh,
2: we had this great idea that the right side of the boat would try and sleep while the left side paddled. So we were doing a circle, and then <laughs> the the number two starboard was trying to. He's still in. I can't use his name. He's putting uh He was doing this. I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, I'm "Trying to get a candy bar." "Will you leave me alone?" He's putting a quarter in the life vest of the guy in front of him. And he kept pushing the button. I'm like, look at look at this guy right here. It was, and then he fell asleep and fell into the water. There is nothing more terrifying slash eye opening than falling asleep and falling into that water.
3: Oh yeah. Then it took us to Boy Scout landing and beat the piss out of us. I had that exact experience. I had the R R O. I can't use his name right now. Either other goes in the water. I look over completely, almost in a disinterested fashion and he (laughs) dissolves like the only way I can describe it was like the, um, the lucky charms marshmallows, uh, A fizz like alka sulcer That's what he <laughs> he exploded into Lucky Charms marshmallows, fizz like oh. alka seltzer, and disappeared in the water. I turned around and, and I do remember saying, "Well, he's gone." The is looking out and just prior to this, I had one? been I had been observing the entire Marine World War II encampment that had been place across the entire San Diego Bay. <laughs> they had they had tanks tents. I mean, there there were centuries. There there's everything, and it was amazing. That's we a we're good paddling one. through this floating uh, encampment. It was that's a good one.
1: I remember we were, we were paddling. We were paddling around, and one of my guys was paddling. He's like, "Hey, sir," I'm like, "What's up?" He goes, "Hey, the man's here." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, the man's swimming next to our boat." And He says, "We got to pay him." We like, talking about pay like, you know the man. Pay the man. He's right here. He's got dreadnoughts, like our mermaid. He said he he said he kind of looks like Jack with dreadnoughts. I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" It's the stuff,
3: oh, you know, we gotta pay the man, and, you know, I mean, man, I showed about up.
1: Stacey more about what she's seen, like the stuff she's seen, the thing is, you know, when you, when you have the, I mean, go to ESPN.com listeners, read the story about her iron will. It's an appropriate title. Uh, she's a motivational person, man, regardless of what you're dealing with.
3: You know, she also, she almost made it sound simple. I mean, she was that easy going yeah, yeah. about it in the way she described yeah. it. It, it, it it, for a moment there, you it takes you out of the fact that she is a quadriplegic, and she did two thousand one hundred and eighty nine miles as a quadriplegic on her own across the wildest parts of you know the most re- remote parts of the eastern seaboard of the United States. That's incredible. Oh yeah, it's heavy man. Well, and she, you know, she, how casually how casually she says twenty five hundred miles.
1: She's just like like it's like, hey, hey, I gotta get a couple laps in in the pool. Like she's like, yeah, hey, I just I got twenty five hundred miles. I mean, just the casual easiness with which she says
3: that.
2: She called us from the trail. Yeah. Most of these yeah. high end, we didn't, we, right. we never talked to one of our ultra runners while they were running.
3: No, <laughs> no, no, we have not. I mean,
2: she called us from the deal. Right? Yeah, how do you put that together? I feel like I
1: should do that whole from a from a from the push-up position. <laughs> you yeah. should just.
2: Yeah, from the push-up position. God dang girl, that's that's man.
3: Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? Right now, because we get so many of these, so many uh, um, people inspired to write in, and you know what it does is it inspires us in return, doesn't it? It inspires yes. us to, like you know. Oh man, we, you know, when we come in the this. office
2: first thing in the morning and you belt one of those out, it's yeah. How do you not get motivated? I mean, dude, we were talking about this that's morning. Oh, huh? the night I had last night. <laughs> Walk up in here, man. I'm fired up now.
3: All right, so this comes from Jack Costello. First of all, thank you all for your service and support for our country. I listen to you all every Wednesday and sometimes a few times a week when I need a pickup. Like Mr. Luttrell, I was molded by my father who was a hard but fair man and a mother who was kind-natured and loving woman. I grew up working with my dad and his painting company, as did my brothers. Our father was harder on us than any of the men he had working for him. He'd say, I'm an asshole now, but hopefully when you're older... You'll see I was right. You'll know why I made you do all this. With that, and a lot of bumps and bruises, I learned and I grew to passionately love my work. One day, while I was painting a roof, I misstepped and went through a fiberglass skylight 30 feet to the ground. Later, I was lying on the concrete floor. I didn't know that I had been knocked unconscious. And when I came to, I was more worried about fixing the skylight and finishing the job than I was about myself being hurt. I was taken to the hospital where the doctor said all they could do for me was amputate both legs from the knees down. That's it? That's all you can do for me? When my wife How about an aspirin? I mean there's some (laughs) other stuff you can throw up before you you don't have to lead with that, Doc. A little too final, right? Can we try
1: some other stuff? Can we try some other (laughs) stuff first?
3: I I could think of a couple possibilities before we go to that extent. Elevate, rest, ice, compression. I don't know. (laughs) When my wife got to me from Houston, as uh, I was nearly three three hours away on this job, a new doctor was on and decided to send me to LSU interim hospital in New Orleans. There I spent the next month having multiple surgeries on my feet. I'd broken both feet with multiple fractures as well as one leg an elbow and a skull fracture. I asked my doctors how long until I could walk and I was told four years and only with some kind of aid in doing so. Well, I told them I was going to beat that. I came back to Houston to have two more surgeries on my feet and again asked what, when I could walk. This time the answer was two to three years and still only with an aid in doing so. Once again, I said, I'm going to beat that. Over those three months since the fall, I'd read Mr. Latrell's book and listened to some of the YouTube videos of him. Those gave me the spark to get up and go. I'd always know that I had it in me, but I just needed a little something to give me that push. That and a wife and two kids' motivation, I was up and walking within 10 months from the time of my accident, just in time for our wedding anniversary. I have just one more surgery to fix two bones in my feet that never healed correctly. I continue to listen to y'all to remind me that what I've went through is small by comparison to some, and that fortifies me to face my challenges daily. I want y'all to know how important the positive influence y'all are trying to spread is. With God's help and a want in your soul to continue on, anyone can overcome anything no matter what's in front of you. Thank you very much, Jack Costello.
1: I I love what he just said with want in your soul. Like, I love that phrase. I love that with want in your soul, you know, Mm -hmm. that want to.
2: Mm -hmm. God dang, man, falling down, losing your legs.
1: And then the doc says, hey, we'll just cut them off. Like, I'd like, hey. Are there other doctors in this hospital or within the area that that I can talk
2: to? I remember when yeah. Andy uh, and when when Halfley got shot in in the chest yeah. and the doc came yeah. in and I was sitting in there he's like, "Hey man, you got a pericardial. He had a there's a around the heart this thing called pericardial sac and it can only hold and I don't want to screw this up. I think it's 3 cc's of of fluid in the sac before it starts to, to fibrillate and you, you kind of go into a heart attack. Huh. Just Grounds the heart out, or suffocates it. Right? Yeah. He had thirty CCs had leaked into that, slow leak, and the doc comes in. He's like, "Hey, he ain't gonna make it. You gonna die." And uh, his wife <laughs> sitting there started crying. And Morgan, and I run it. Morgan grabbed that doctor, and well, I'm gonna talk about that. But we got a second opinion. And he's still around and got twenty kids and and all that. So. We always wow. say this a lot. The doctors, the, you know, the scientific part of it, the bone part of it, and what, what's what, man. What they don't know is what's inside of you, right? That that That's different mm-hmm. in every person, man. That break is going to be the same. That leg bone, that's the same. But the, the drive that's inside of you to, mm-hmm. to push past that is what, what separates everybody. That an
3: approach and attitude.
2: Yeah, I mean, this guy, he said he comes to us for motivation. Well, I mean, he just motivated us and everybody who listens to this. Mm-hmm. You got to understand, no matter what you do in life, if you're out there and, and everybody sees it, that we were seals. Well, that's the, the path that we took and you had the path that you took and the separation. That is probably about a degree, right? If you had that drive, same as we did, it doesn't the outcome or what we do in life. Mm-hmm. That's not the, the most important part of it. It's that part that's, that's inside you. Right. And we all have that. And uh, if you don't think for one second, we couldn't grab anybody and, and turn them into what we are uh, in a matter of time, then they're, they're wrong. You absolutely can never forget that, man. Never forget that you control it just like it's it. Just like you mm-hmm. said, man. Yeah.
1: You know, it's it's interesting. I love what you just said about, you know, taking anybody to do this. The components of being uncommon are incredibly common. There's no magic in it, right? It it's, it's the components of being uncommon are extremely common. It just takes believing that they work, it's the fundamentals, right?
3: That's really great, Clint. Yeah. I like that phrase a lot. It's, that's
2: exactly, I mean, it's kind of like one thing where you you're like, oh, I don't know how to get that. I mean, I gotta do this and this is that to get that spark environment. No, literally, right now, I'm telling you, it's inside of you. We are telling you you already have it. Go out and do something you think you couldn't do. You'd be surprised how fast it gets done.
3: That's right. You just have to develop yeah. it.
2: Right. That's the train. Yeah, absolutely, man. You you mold it, you you shit, you, you cut all the other the, the white noise, the fat away from it, man, and what you're left with is just that uh, that blue flame. That's what we have is the blue flame. I mean, it, it burns so hard that it, nothing can put that out in us. And those people who are still kind of in the beginning stages of that, they, you know, they got the red fire in them, and they know it's there. And, and as you push, man, the harder you go, and those hard times are what fires that thing up, makes it burn hot and and, and hotter. Hell, Stacy, man, she just she's a walking inspiration. No pun intended, but absolutely yep,
3: is. thank you Stacy uh, thank you Jack for writing in um, and, and guest today it's been uh, yeah, another man. fantastic episode so Marcus Clint you guys want to give your thanks we'll give Clint the uh, the last word for his being our, our guest today which we again really appreciate you coming on and helping uh, take the helm here oh, uh, all for another sure. show yeah. while Dave's uh, while Dave's off on vacation
2: oh, thanks man Jack thank you for writing in man and and uh, that correlated good with with Stacy and what she was talking about, man. It's just unbelievable to do this show. It it really is, man. To sit behind this microphone and hear all this. So thank y'all for that. Thank y'all for bringing us back and letting us keep uh, keep doing this and bringing these amazing people on. We promise we'll keep doing it to the best of our ability. Thank you.
1: Thanks to the Father, my faith, my family, my friends, the opportunity to be here, and I'm out.
2: I'm out.